Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Angels to aliens, from ghost stories to angel encounters, Bigfoot sightings, alien abductions, near-death experiences, and more. Get advice and insight with Angels to Aliens. Heidi Hollis, The Outlander. Outlander. Welcome, welcome everybody to Angels to Aliens with me, Heidi Hollis, the Outlander here on Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. The question is, do you believe? (laughs) Join me here now where we discuss the most incredible stories on the friggin' planet, from the paranormal to mysteries to horror to heavenly interventions and ghost hunting. That is a hint. And we'll also welcome you, the listener, to send over your personal stories of mysterious happenings that you'd like to share or get advice on. And uh, I'll also be interviewing some of the most intriguing guests from researchers to experiencers, authors, and other cultural creatives. And please remember, if you enjoy this show, subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories like spotify google play stitcher luminary tune in and of course itunes you can also find us at believe.com that's b-l-e-a-v.com and at believe podcast and know that you can find me all over the web and social media at one put the number one in front of heidi hollis and uh, that's for facebook instagram Twitter, and uh, of course, go to HeidiHollis.com, H-E-I-D-I-H-O-L-L-I-S.com, and you'll find all that business up there. And you know what, you guys, you're in for a super treat, because this is going to be fun. Who I have here is Chris Allgood and Audra Keeler, and uh, to give a little background about them, Chris, he has been a sensitive since a child and has seen, heard, and felt the presence of spirits his entire life. He's investigated tons of locations, hotspots, and just about any place known to be haunted since high school. This guy's brave. Uh, In 2018, he experienced a life-changing massive heart attack. My goodness. That really should have ended him, but instead caused him to become even more sensitive and he is a former Maricopa County Sheriff's Office armed posse man and uh, ordained minister. Well, that's pretty darn cool. Uh, He strives to make contact in any investigation ranging from famous locations to personal home investigations. And Audra, she has always been intrigued by the paranormal, mostly spur of the moment moment type things, uh, dreams as a child, and tends to see what some do not, then focuses on proving the evidence that honing on any abilities that she might have. <clears throat> She's a social creature, I hear you girl, um, with the living and transcends into her interactions with the paranormal. She is a specialist at trigger objects and concentrates on debunking evidence to validate. So everybody, round of applause for Chris and Audra. How are you two doing today? Great. How doing are you doing? Great. How are you doing? 
life is fabulous. What can I say? I'm just swimming every day, having a blast. (laughs) 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 My goodness. So you guys, you, you've got uh, quite the background there and I'm, I am just blown away whenever somebody finds it um, a calling to look into the paranormal in general. And, and you both, this is like, this became a common ground kind of effort between the two of you. So Tell us a little bit about your background, how you got involved in this. Well, I'll go ahead and start because I'm being nudged. <laughs> <laughs> so it actually started as a as I was a child. I mean, uh, so the hometown that I'm from, I'm from I'm originally from Nebraska. I'm from a small town called Peru. So it's right on the Missouri River. Nobody really knows it's there. It's a college town. If it wasn't for the college, I mean, not a lot of people would know it existed. And uh, my... Uh, my father was the sheriff there and his, his entire family grew up there. Some of them were farmers. Um, my father was the town sheriff and his father before him took care of the cemetery. And one of the first experiences that I can remember is I was funny or not. I was playing in the cemetery while my father was taking care of the grounds. Cause he kind of picked up the load once my grandfather passed away. And uh, there's this little, the, the cemetery sits up on a hill and you can see it from the side of town. One side of the town's on a hill and then the cemetery's on a hill. And when you're standing in town, you can see it. Well, when you're up on the hill, you can see the Missouri river on the other side. Well, there's this little dip in the cemetery called dead man's holler. And that's where they would bury the John Doe's and the people that couldn't afford to have burials. Long story short, my dad was up trimming the grass one day and I was down in that holler running around playing tag. And, uh, he actually yelled at me, called me up and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm playing with that little boy over there. And he goes, ah, there's no little boy over there. What are you talking about? So that was the first experience that I can wow. remember. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Hey, you're it. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Well, the funny thing is, is when he told me that I turned around, the little boy was gone, which wow. was really intriguing to me. And then that type of stuff has happened to me throughout my entire life where I'd be in certain places and, and, uh, like, did he look normal, like, like up-to-date clothing and all, or? Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't pay that much attention to what he was wearing. I was just, I think You're I was kid, five maybe. or six. Yeah. Oh, you are real young. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, wow. That's amazing. Goodness. And then the most significant one that I remember leading back, I was at a, a friend's house, and uh, this was actually up in Cape Creek. And um, their mother had passed away from cancer, and she had a room upstairs that was her sewing room that when she passed away, they locked it and it stayed that way. And nobody was allowed in there. There was a padlock on the door. And I went down the hallway. You had to pass the sewing room door to go to the restroom. And when I went past, the door was locked. When I came back by, the door was open and it was a jar about five inches. So being, and this was, I was about 11, 12 years old. I had peeked in the door just to see, you know, curiosity. So, so you, at that age, you didn't, you hadn't seen a good horror film to know that that's the door you don't go in. Gotcha. Actually, I had. Oh. I, I started reading ghost books when I was in second, third grade. I mean, everybody knows oh. the famous brown lady that was the picture that was taken in the UK of the brown lady coming down the woods, the the wooden steps. Um, I read that book when I was like six, seven, or I was about seven, eight years old. I was in second grade when I read that book. I've so been you knew better. Okay. So you yeah. went in and risked your life anyways. Okay. <laughs> I knew better, but I still <laughs> stuck my nose in that room. And what was interesting is I saw the sewing room. When I turned back around, there was a lady standing in front of me and she started to speak and nothing came out of her mouth. 
And I was just, I just, it was almost like there was a real human standing in front of me, but then I noticed that she wasn't all that real. And some husbands would say that was an angelic woman. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they would give anything to have that type of woman, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, I see those lips moving, but I don't hear anything. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So <laughs> once I got older and started making more sense of it and realizing that I could actually see things that other people couldn't, I mean, the minute I could start dragging people to haunted places, I friends in high school to this day, you know, they see some of my posts on Facebook and see that we're paranormal investigators. And I've had numerous friends from high school, you know, shoot me a message going, I knew you would end up doing this someday the way you used to drag us around to every haunted place in Arizona. Wow, <laughs> that is wild. So you like, you just want to go see some more of these like see-through people or, or <laughs> these ghostly figures or what? I don't, I don't know because that one, I mean, that one's, that one, scared the bejesus out of me to be polite it was that one that one actually threw me for a loop but it it almost like sparked an intrigue in me that just drove me trying to find the answer of why i'm seeing it how did that experience end by the way so she's flapping her gums and what did you like pass out uh i ran <laughs> oh oh that's actually, a country i actually ran downstairs left the house and refused to go back in ah see we were gonna skip over that good part wow yeah. <laughs> But that was the last time I ever ran. <laughs> That's interesting. You know, I grew up in a haunted house and my siblings and I, a movie wasn't a movie unless it was a horror film because it was like therapeutic. So I understand yeah. that that drive, like I want more, though this terrifies me. I want more because hopefully I'll get some answers. So I get that. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's wild. So Audra, what, how about yourself? <laughs> I'm so the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> I never watched horror movies as a kid. I, I didn't like them. I, to this day, actually, I don't watch them, but I will go ghost hunting. So I know people think I'm weird, but, um, you know, and again, kind of the opposite of Chris, I never had experiences that I can really recall as a child. And mine started probably later in life, although I used to have more dreams. So mine were always in the form of, and this sounds so bad, of like fighting the devil. And I was always protecting children. Every single dream I had, there was always a child involved. So, um, you know, Chris kind of chuckles and dubs me the protector. So wow. what did the devil look like? I'm curious. Um, you know, in one of my dreams, I would say he's your typical Hollywood. Um, I mean, most times you, it's just a dark, figure of course your, your catchphrase there honey shadow um, shadow people <laughs> are we talking about <laughs> um but i i do remember one time when um well this was later in life this wasn't so much younger but uh, i was a single mom my my earlier years and my son was really young and i had a recurring dream actually that uh the the devil took my child and, um, I mean, I literally fought heaven and hell to get him back and walked literally. I found him. It was kind of like, Oh gosh, how to describe it. Have you ever seen the stand? If you kind of remember yes. that vague kind of thing. Um, 
but literally sitting in the typical large chair and almost, but more human-like than anything else, just a little bit more grotesque, um, probably a little of the horn thing, but not like the predominant, you know, devil with the big horns kind of thing. Yeah. Um, more, uh, more human. And I, I literally marched right up to him, poked him in the chest. I mean, I was furious, but I mean, I just remember that. And, and I just, you know, said, you know, give me my son. And he, he's basically saying, you can't have him. I said, you want to bet? Watch me. And I, I mean, I, I woke up, so I don't know how technically how it ended, but just with the, the feel of, you know, God in my heart, I just know that I get him back. That was, yeah. that was kind of weird. <laughs> Quite but again, mine younger was, was dreams. And then, um, one time, so experience wise, I, uh, lived in a townhome again by myself. My son was probably no more than four months old at this time. And, uh, my father had passed not too long before that actually my, my father passed the same month I found out I was pregnant. Oh, gosh, so sorry. Uh, <laughs> that was 23 years ago or so, but yeah. uh, it was, it was kind of neat because my son carries my father's name. And so I lived in a townhome that actually had three levels to it. And my son, uh, his bedroom and my bedroom were on the, the ground floor. And then the main floor was kind of your living kitchen. And then I had the third level that had uh, the TV room and one more bedroom. And so one night, of course, I'm by myself, as I said, single mom sitting there and the radio in my son's bedroom goes on. Mind you, he's four months old. Wow. <laughs> so I, you know, kind of creep downstairs and yep, it sure enough, it was on all by itself. And it wasn't, you know, 23 years ago, it wasn't one of those fancy ones. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> amazing it yeah and then it was just it was recurring over probably about a week there were just multiple things that had happened it was that and then my dad's alarm that was just a, a wall mounted little clock type of thing it all of a sudden would go off um i remember telling my friend about it on the phone and as soon as i started talking about the incidents is happening my phone line went dead. It cut dead. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, it was crazy. So I had left to go to my brother's house and then came back home and I walked through the door. I set my son down and I just said, I don't know who's here with me. Whoever is here, you are welcome to stay under one condition. You do not harm my son. And nothing ever happened after that. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. Really cool. Yeah, I don't know if I'd use those words though. Like, oh, just stay, just don't hit me. You know, like, no, get out. You are not paying rent. Go. <laughs> don't eat my food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is wild. So, so you both uh, you came at this uh, differently, and you both started working together. Was it 2011 or so? Uh, no, we started dating at the end of 2011. Okay. We were both going through a divorce at the exact same time. Yeah. I used to be her son's baseball coach. Yeah. Uh, I know. You know, I've seen <laughs> movies about this. Go right. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have seen it's like, are you looking at my coach, mom? No. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so 
<laughs> love story short, since we're on a haunting program, <laughs> we, uh, we were both, you know, we're both, uh, at the time she had her son and I had custody of my son. And, uh, I was, I'd get off work earlier than she would. And they were playing baseball together on the same high school baseball team. I was no longer coaching anymore. They had moved on to high school sports. Hmm. Wow. That's and I gave her son a ride home one day because she only lived three or four blocks south of where I lived. And, and then uh, she asked me if I could do it every day, if that would be okay. And I said, yeah, no problem. I'm there anyway. You know, I go finish watching play practice and you'll be an ex baseball coach. I was addicted to sport watching. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of how it happened. She invited me to dinner one night and I refused. <laughs> 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 and then I felt guilty, so I uh, I texted her and I, I texted her and uh, and apologized, and then we started dating. Oh wow! But to get back to the haunted part of it, um, we moved in together not too long after that. Within within a year after that, we moved in together, and we were sitting there talking one night, and she was telling me about her experiences, and then I told her about you know all the haunted you know the paranormal investigating I had done in high school, and that I still did it. And I looked at her and I said, do you want to go ghost hunting? <laughs> and she looked at me and her eyes got real big and she went, you mean for real? And I'm like, oh yeah, I am. I mean for real. I mean, I'm talking about going, you know, some of the shows that I was, I introduced her to on TV. Like, I don't want to mention any names on the broadcast. But, oh, you can. I don't mind. Okay. So ghost hunters, ghost adventures. Right, I started, right. I, I got her hooked on the shows and I said, do you want to go do a location? And she's <laughs> like, yeah. So we, we just, we broke out and I, I, she's been hooked ever since. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but how interesting that she's on the debunking angle. I, I oh, yeah. am. I am. I, I, on earth, it's like, you know, I, I understand that, you know, that, that perspective is needed out there because a majority of people, they like to say, couldn't be, must've been the lighting first. So to go through the steps and be like, no lighting, not this either. So I, I understand that that's being necessary, but I tell you when you're an experiencer first stepping out into the world and you barely get your story out and they're like, are you sure that you didn't have like a floater in your eye? It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like, I would not be saying and spilling my guts right now. Do you know how hard it is for me to talk about this? And you're, you're, you're no shaming me. That's, that's what it felt like. Like when I was like, trying to share with people in the beginning right. and so so but you do this more like you're not in people's faces you're trying to figure it out that's your process correct exactly oh, yeah. exactly i want to prove it for real yeah so i'm i'm gonna go no that i think that was a dog barking in the background or you know i mean just so no, people but... go oh yeah you're right on that one or that one no so we can really kind of get that proof that that everybody's looking for. Yeah, yeah, it's it's needed. And and I would, oh boy, in the beginning, I just really didn't understand. It's like, why do we need this person? What's this for? You know, so <laughs> I, I, I get it now, but like uh, when it goes, when it comes to like the UFO phenomenon, there's like these, dare I call them buttheads, that's my technical <laughs> term, who, who say, well, you're not qualified to look up into the sky and determine what you're seeing. Uh, yeah, I can, dude. These are my eyes. I trust right. them yeah. to say, gee, that's not normal. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I get it. So it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's wild. So, so you both start going out and exploring these things. And you also happen to know a couple of folks that 
I now know and adore <laughs> the the, yeah. the Rathmans. Uh, yes, yeah, so. Tony and Cherie, they're really good friends of ours. <laughs> yeah, so you guys, hold on. So did you bump into each other in a dark, like, haunted castle? I mean... We, well, kind Actually, of. kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we like doing... So we've done some of the major things. We've done the Whaley House in San Diego together. We've uh, not Tony and Cherie, me and Audra. Okay. And uh, we've done right before our honeymoon cruise. For my birthday landed on the day before we left for our honeymoon cruise, and and my bucket list was the Queen Mary because I had done it when I was fifteen and had tons of experience there. You know, being a sensitive. Mm-hmm. I did the regular tour, and at the pool area, I heard the little girl. I saw her footprints. I all my life, I'd wanted to go back. So for my birthday present, right before we left on our honeymoon cruise to Puerto Vallarta, she booked an overnight to stay on uh, the Queen Mary in Long Beach. So we did a couple of paranormal investigations there. And then we started moving more towards the mining towns here in Arizona. We've tombstone. Anybody that's a sensitive tombstone is like your, uh, it's, it's like your vial of crack. It's, you're, it's, <laughs> The energy in Tombstone in that town and the history, you just you're just buzzing the entire time you're there. I love Tombstone. Well, we've gone down to Tombstone. I introduced Audra to Tombstone. We did uh, we did the bird cage. We did an investigation there, and then I introduced her to Bisbee, and she absolutely fell in love with Bisbee. We've done a few investigations there. Well, we go back two or three times a year. Well, one night we decided, hey, let's go down to Tombstone and let's do the bird cage again. Well, about we usually do the late one because there's less people in it because they don't let you do privates. And so we did the early one and we're sitting there and Andre goes, Hey, look at those people. And there's this guy carrying this monster, huge piece of equipment that has a full spectrum on it. It has a uh, IR camera. It has a digital recorder. It has a thermal on it. I mean, I'm surprised his arms weren't the size of Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) He, so he's yeah. a bit of an inventor, is he not? Yes. Yeah. And so me, of course, being the, the social person that I am, <laughs> I had to go up to him. I'm like, all right, what you got going on there? Tell me what this is. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, we uh, just kind of started talking from that point. And during the whole tour, we kind of just all stayed together. And what's really weird is they had never done the uh, birdcage before. And it was just so coincidental that we both got there at the early 631, which is just too early for me. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then after the birdcage, when we were wrapping up, we were kind of walking out and talked for a little bit and said, gosh, it'd be really nice just to sit down and grab a drink somewhere, you know, where are you guys staying? And they're like, oh, we're staying at this little bed and breakfast down the road. It was the exact same one we were staying at. That so is wild. So it's kind of fate. And for it people, really was. For people who don't know Tony Cherie Rathman, they are they were on the program, uh, so you could find their interview. They uh, they put together quite the unique piece of equipment that I've had the pleasure of partaking in. Um, so uh, just really clear um, electronic voice phenomena they're able to get. Yeah, so Tony's e-box. Yeah. yeah. The e-box. Yeah, it's 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 fabulous. So definitely check out that interview. So tell me some of the, your let's hear some of the crazier, spookier stories that you guys have come across um, during your joined investigations now. 
Oh, good God, how many? <laughs> <laughs> Most of them, gosh, are probably going to be at the hospital. That one is... The hospital, Bisbee, and Tombstone are the, the major hotspots that we've hit. Yeah. I mean, uh, Whaley House, yeah, it was okay. I mean, I sensed a couple, and uh, we couldn't catch anything because there was quite a few people on the tour. We thought we had booked a private, but we didn't, unfortunately. So we start, we're still looking forward to doing a private there as soon as they open Southern California back up for us. <laughs> um, actually, some of the one of the craziest ones I've ever done, other than the ones in my past with Audra, is Audra's from Toledo, Ohio, originally. And her parents owned about 10 to 20 acres outside of Toledo, just south of it. In a, in a little town called Tatogany. Well, Tatogany is best known for its cemetery. Its cemetery is listed in Ohio as, um, and anybody can Google it, Tatogany Cemetery. It's uh, the oldest cemetery in Ohio, and it's it's pretty renowned in Ohio for being the most haunted. If they could figure that spelling out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> the good thing about Google is if you start spelling Tatogany, it'll finish it. <laughs> Oh, this, this is wonderful. So what, tell us what you found. What took place? Um, so we're, her parents were only about a mile from it. And Audra took me up there and I started snapping photos. And I, I, I immediately looked at her and went, oh my God, this, this is crazy. This, I mean, this is just nuts. There, there are things everywhere. And uh, we didn't, unfortunately, we didn't have a, a digital recorder and we didn't have a, a, a a video camera with us at the time, but I was snapping photos with my iPhone. And every photo I took in the cemetery that night, it was there was like this white haze, like somebody was vaping in front of the phone. Wow. But, so as we were pulling out, I kept telling her, this is nuts. This is nuts. I can't get past this haze in the pictures. So as we were driving away, we pulled off the property and I started snapping photos and they were clear as a bell. Well, once I downloaded them to the, my computer and started looking at them, most of them had faces in the in the pictures, and it it almost looked like faces that were looking at the camera, going like, "What is that?" And we must have caught you know fifteen twenty faces in those pictures. Amazing! Wow. And that was eight years ago. Unfortunately, I don't have those pictures anymore. I mean, mm -hmm. they're, they're deep, deep, deep in my Facebook page somewhere. But wow. one of these days, I'll go back through all of them and, and bring them back up so I can post them. them. Yeah. But cool. So. What about electronic voice phenomena? Like what has been some of the more intriguing telling? Because I know having the Evox accessible, that that's like, wow. I mean, the universe keeps talking. What has been the most revealing part uh, about somebody's story that you were able to validate? I mean, I just find that so cool. <laughs> um, most of our most of our predominant EVPs have come from the, the hospitals. Hospital. So Tony and Sheree, when we first started uh, working with them, they, they control and do all the overnight tours down at the Phelps Dodge Mining Hospital in Ajo. I'm sure they talked about it on your interview. Um, so we get, so we started doing public tours with them where we take people that have never done paranormal research and we teach them how to do a paranormal investigation at the hospital. And, uh, so we've been down there numerous times and we've left um, digital recorders on the nurses stations and we've gotten breaths. We've gotten sounds of um, nurses actually working at the nurses station. Mm -hmm. We've, we've gotten definite replies. Last time we were down there was just a, like three weeks ago, Audra left one on the counter and we were outside and we recorded a gentleman specifically saying cemetery. 
Yeah, literally. Yeah. Wow. It, I can't imagine crossing over to the other side and still being at work. I mean, are they in hell? <laughs> <laughs> this purgatory. Yeah. So it's like I, I'm an occupational therapist, so working in hospitals and whatnot, you know, and the paperwork. I mean, so what are they swearing at their computer screens? What What did you hear? A shuffling of papers? That patient's going yeah. down? Yeah, it was shuffling of papers. It sounded like maybe some drawers being opened and closed. I think it was more, those were more residual than mm. intelligent hauntings right. there is one there is a nurse down at the hospital named mary that we catch down there quite a bit um the first time we caught her tony it was the first investigation tony and sheree took us to down there it was the first time we'd ever been to the hospital and we were upstairs and uh tony knew that i was a sensitive but he hadn't really experienced we hadn't really done an investigation together and we were standing at the hallway and i said something keeps peeking out of that out of that operating room let's go get it so me and Tony went into the operating room and I actually looked at him and I said, Hey, there's a woman in here. And the second I said it, we got a woman's voice, class A EVP loud and clear. It said, you're right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, literally just answered him. Oh. It was wow. so amazing. That Not a so whisper either. It was like loud. Yeah. It was so cool. <laughs> that is spooky so so well chris i have to say because uh i hear people say oh i'm a sensitive it's like that's a that's a a nice fluffy word for psychic medium correct well yeah i you i don't, don't like know. that word though yeah, i know i don't like psychic medium because mm -hmm. there are there are times we go into a place i don't get anything Mm -hmm. And then there's other times like we'll go down to the hospital where I, I just look at Audra and I'm like, they're hiding. They won't come out. I mean, I, I can feel that they're there, but it's almost like they're crept back in the corners and they're not coming out. And then there's other times where my brain just goes completely insane. It's a um, perfect example. We did the Oxbow Saloon up in uh, Payson, Arizona. Uh, Tony Cherie invited us up there. They're, they've known the owner, manager. Um, I think his name is Brian and her name is Mary for quite a few years and they said the activity picked up, asked him to come back. Well, he invited us up there. And while I was there, I'm standing there and I could feel people moving around me. And I, I was hearing like 1942 music and I was seeing soldiers and just out of nowhere, I looked at these guys and I went, Hey, did they used to have world war two parties for soldiers here for world war two? And the owner looked at me and he just got this weird look on his face. And he's like, how did you know that? And I'm like, I'm seeing soldiers in World War II uniform and I'm hearing 1942 music, 1940s music. Wow. He said, yeah. So when the soldiers came home from World War II to Payson, they threw a great big party at the Oxbow Forum. So it's amazing. I don't call myself a psychic medium. I, I, I just say that I am sensitive because sometimes I can read a place and it's sometimes. And, and Audra it, could, could call you overly sensitive i'm just kidding yeah, well, <laughs> oh yes i could sometimes she does sometimes she does and sometimes i tell her she's insensitive oh there you go right right it goes both ways i got you that's funny because it, it's like i i hear uh it kind of goes like the same with people who don't want to say they're uh, follow a certain religion oh, i'm spiritual i'm like oh do you believe in jesus yeah that's a christian okay you don't have to go to church okay right. <laughs> so but it's like i get it it's like these words these titles that we put on things don't always fully define how we feel about something and uh exactly. so i i get it titles they don't it's just it falls short 
so I, so it's fine it, it's cool it's like i always tell people i'm not psychic i'm not a guru i'm not any of those things and everybody's like oh yeah right then how'd you see that <laughs> headless the headless woman going across i'm like okay so i saw her but i wasn't looking for her but do you go looking do you call out and and i say come and speak to me i mean how are you doing your your bit um so what i'll do is when we go to a new location what i do is i I actually go wander by myself. It doesn't matter if it's daylight, doesn't matter if it's dark. I, I tell the guys, okay, I'm gonna go do my thing. And I literally walk the entire location by myself. And Great basically- man. Bullet, yeah. you got your bulletproof vest on that you used to wear, right? <laughs> yeah, no, actually I don't. <laughs> oh, mm. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to ground myself with the location to see if I can feel anything that's going on. And then there's sometimes, there's sometimes I can, and there's sometimes I can't. Like with the hospital, we've been on the new, I can't tell you how many times. There are times I can go in there, I can crouch down on the second floor, and I can still hear the hospital moving and operating. Um, there was one night that the activity was so strong, I almost felt like I could step through the veil, and I would have been there. And then there's other times where I go down there, and it just looks like an empty hospital. I don't feel anything. I don't sense anything. And that, that happens sometimes at locations that we go to. I mean, I try and, I try and ground myself, but it doesn't always work. That's wild. So, so tell us some good juicy stories. All right. So what, what's, uh, what have you come across and, and what have you seen? Like, have you like seen something and you try to steer Audra clear, like, watch out, here comes one. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a little bit of a protector for everybody. Yeah. Um, Usually when there's something dark, I get sick to my stomach. So the first thing, the, another one of the reasons why I walk a location is to see what I feel. If, if I start getting sick to my stomach, then I tend to keep Audra a little bit close to me. Oh, so like at the, in the haunted museum, it's like Megan's yes. haunted museum. Yeah. We, we actually did, uh, with my son and his fiance and Audra and I were in Vegas one time and we did Zach Baggins haunted museum and we went room to room and the room with the, there was the room from the house in Indiana that was haunted where the, the, the little boy crawled up the wall. There was the dark demon in the basement. Can't remember the name of that house. I'm blanking. I'm blanking for some Oh, name. Indiana? You're, you're speaking the, of? Yes. Was it called the demon the house? The demon house, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. the room with the demon house, he actually has a portion of the back porch or the stairs, stairs. that go into stairs. the basement yeah. in a room. And he has the room set up that looks like the basement. And it was, uh, there were certain rooms that we went into. And man, I, I love Zach Begin's show. And he seems like he's a great paranormal researcher. But man, he, uh, he is nuts with that museum. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was just constantly buzzing. And the Kevorkian room just had me going. But that demon house room, as we started to approach the door, even the tour guide said, hey, you don't have to go in if you don't want to. And I looked into the room and I saw a shadow figure. <laughs> of course. Jump, yeah, jumping around the room. From, and they, they actually have a, a mannequin that's shaped like the demon from the show standing in the next to the stairs that he's got in there from the yeah, actual so you house. Could, but you can plainly see that. It's, it's a mannequin. Right, it's fake. Right. But there was a shadow figure going from shoulder to shoulder on that mannequin. I literally grabbed all three of them and went, do not go in that room. <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I, you know, I was going to ask, have you witnessed seeing shadow people, shadow beings 
in some of your scarier locations. Oh, uh, numerous times. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know. I mean, if you call all of them shadow people, if they're scary, because there's there's some of them, and we just call again back down in Tombstone uh, Birdcage. We used to do that one quite a bit, um, and there was we just call him the cowboy. I mean, and he will just stand at an entrance. Your typical one leg bent up against a wall, slouched, hat hung down, or I mean that typical cowboy stance. And he'll stand there as you're um, at the end of your tour and you can sit and ask questions. So it's, it's all dark, yeah, on the stage. And so, I mean, he is pretty predominant. I've even seen him, so. Actually, Where have you seen at more than at, one location? At the birdcage. Um, oh, at the birdcage, okay. Yes. Yeah, at the birdcage. But gotcha. but my point is, I don't know if all of them are quote unquote bad, demon, whatever, because mm -hmm. that one, I don't get anything negative off him whatsoever. Gotcha. He almost feels like a protector. Like he's there to protect for some reason. He just Yeah, like he won't let anything too awful bad cross through. <laughs> As people are calling out, you know, hey, come, you know, can you not? Can you do this? Can you do yeah. you know, prove that you're here? Kind of thing. So, gotcha. so Audra, what what have been some of your greater finds in some of your experiences, and and that you were able to clear a place and say, nothing here. I, I figured it out. You know, it was it was this. It was that. <laughs> um. Well, sometimes walking in the hospital, they're like, oh, did you hear that? I'm like, no, 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 that one was a door, guys. You know, that was the wind. I mean, there's certain ones that you can't pick up, and, and sometimes they'll argue with me. <laughs> yeah. I just want to go on record as saying I never do that, Heidi. Oh, <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Yes, Heidi. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh -huh. Yeah, I believe that one. My goodness. <laughs> so, well, I mean, no, guess not, really. not so much, or... Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of the stuff, um, especially later on, the good finds are, are the really quiet ones. The, the EVPs that you pick up off of a simple digital recorder. It's amazing what you can get from that. And then you have to just kind of go through meticulously and listen and try and get rid of any kind of background noise, if you will. And it's like, Chris was saying that one that we had left on the on the reception desk there and you know you could hear him whisper cemetery there was one time we were in the uh, hospital and I you know kind of knocked you know pretended I walked in a room hi is anybody here and um and we got response and it was it very again very faint but he said get out get out get out <laughs> Ooh, now when they say yeah. that they always say that's demonic well, how do you feel about that when they say yeah, you know well we have a theory <laughs> yeah it's our theory we have a theory that uh you know people have emotions in life personalities and sometimes a jerk in life is, is a, a jerk in the afterlife, afterlife. <laughs> of course like the pearly gates don't just fly open that's right, right. Right. So, I mean, if he was, you know, just really cranky, didn't want anybody in his room, you know, just, or like a teenager <laughs> to your parents, get out, get out, get out. You know I mean? You got to kind of think it on those things and, and also use kind of just your, your, your gut. I mean, that didn't feel 
demonic or evil at all. Now we we've had some that were louder than that, and you could just tell it was not very nice at all. Mm-hmm. But that one wasn't. But that was just a really neat. But line. isn't it strange around the globe? It's those two words. Yeah. Yeah. So could it be really just a grumpy person traveling the world, or is it demonic? I I don't know. I did. I guess I didn't feel it there, and at all. No. Yeah, Never true. felt anything demonic in the hospital, but in the laboratory. I, I don't like the laboratory. I don't go in there. <laughs> there is something in the laboratory that's right about counter height that comes off as a child, but man, uh, it does not feel make you feel welcome when you're in there by yourself. Yeah. Wow. That's that's not good. So what is this, this hospital? So you, you both give tours there uh, as well as uh, investigate there? Yes. What is yeah. this hospital like? How can people get a hold of you to take part? So it is, so since Tony and Cherie took it over, it is now called the Copper Canyon Paranormal Research Center. It is, uh, and if you do a Google search on it, there's a website where you can book overnights and you can book, um, right now we're closed for COVID, but the four of us also do two hour um, day, tours. day tours from like 4 30 to 6 30 p.m. every other Saturday where we can teach people how to do paranormal investigations in the haunted hospital <laughs> so this is actually the Phelps Dodge Mining Hospital in Ajo Arizona it was actually on uh, season 14 of Ghost Adventures yeah, Ghost Adventures have done it Ghost uh-huh. Adventures have done it um, Project Paranormal has done it uh-huh. um, nice I, I, I've heard that part of the tour is locking them in the basement by themselves for two hours. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> it's like, no, just... f- figure it out for yourselves. I'm out. <laughs> that, that was just uh, one unruly group and we gave them their money back. <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> it's just like, oh man, it's like, you know, I taught you everything. Now this is just to make sure that you guys are paying attention. <laughs> well, that's just too much. Wow. So have you ever brought anything home with you? Um, so we have a protective barrier around the house and we Tony has a tendency Tony likes to do evoc sessions in his house yes he does which can draw things which in. can draw things in <laughs> yeah so I have a tendency of since I can sense when things are around I don't do that in my own home yeah so I refuse I actually have Tony Tony's new evox box that yes. is phenomenal i have his original version he actually gave it to me as a present <gasps> what? Yes. and he keeps asking me why i haven't tried it yet and i said well tony i won't do it at home that's the <laughs> golden rule it's yeah, the golden rule is... i won't i won't do it at home because the only people that are allowed here are relatives and, um, and people breathing I, yeah <laughs> We don't want people breathing. We don't want to hear knocking at night while we're trying to sleep. We... Yeah. People don't know how unsettling that is unless you've lived it. And then it's like your house is just never the same. Like, oh, that's the place where the headless woman strolled through. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to find a sleep in there anymore. <laughs> Ever again. You know, it's like, oh my gosh. It, it's just, it disrupts everything. So, it, well, it, if there's anything that uh, you would want to share with folks and, and, or even advice, like when, when they're dealing with something out of the ordinary and who are you going to call? You could call you guys. Right. And uh, yeah, you know we, what we, to do. 
Yeah, we do. We do private home investigations. We do business investigations. Mm -hmm. We'll do. We'll do just about any any investigation if anybody has an issue. We also have a friend. Uh, his name is Joe Thompson. That's a demonologist. He's pretty well known in Southern California and Arizona. He's been doing it for about 35 years. Yeah. We actually bring him in when it gets a little tough to be cleansed. Um, the best thing you can do is not try and handle it to yourself because you never know what you're dealing with, for one. And don't invite it in. Don't invite it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many Ouija board people, I mean, my goodness. Ah, uh, yeah. How oh. many Ouija board people I'd like to smack in the head with a Ouija board? Thank you. Oh, my yes. gosh. My emails runneth over. That's all I could say. I'm like, uh, really? Did you do that? And then you're curious why this is going on. Of course, you sacrificed your child's soul. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> it's just terrible. Well, I, I really, I want to thank you both, Chris and Audra. This is fabulous and uh you guys be sure to to reach out and it, it's called the copper canyon what is it the copper canyon paranormal research center it's Love uh it. you can google it or you can also google um phelps dodge mining hospital in ajo arizona either way both will come up and then you'll get a bunch of stuff for ghost adventures too <laughs> that's right yeah. that pops up as well Super. Well, thank you so much for joining me here. You guys have been a blast. Oh, gosh, our pleasure. You're totally sweet. <laughs> oh, very, thank you. Well, you guys, we've come to the bottom of yet another program. Remember, you can catch me here on Angels to Aliens with me, Heidi Hollis, the Outlander on Believe. And go to HeidiHollis.com. And if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. And we're also available on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, and uh, come to Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com and at Believe Podcast. And again, all social media at one Heidi Hollis. And thanks for joining me here once again on Angels to Aliens. Remembering always, if it's weird, we're here. Goodbye, everybody. Angels to Aliens. From ghost stories to angel encounters. Bigfoot sightings. Alien abduction near-death experiences, and more. Get advice and insight with Angels to Aliens with Heidi Hollis, The Outlander. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.